squatters. 36 seconds into the overtime. Right. Oh, let's go. Tristan Robbins bangs away at it second time. Slows it behind for Taylor. It's in the net. Blades Uncut. Big news out of the WHL earlier this week. January 8th, the green light has been lit. A season start date for the 2020-2021 season. That means WHL hockey will return for the regular season on January 8th. And this is a hard date. Okay, I, I, that's that's the thing I want you to clarify. Yeah. Because I saw you tweet this out already mm-hmm. saying that this is a hard date. And to me, that makes it sound like you're going ahead with it come you know what or high water. Yep. H-E hockey sticks are high water. <laughs> but it's going to start that date. That's correct. Re- regardless. Yep. It's, it's uh, happening. And the only way it doesn't start is if somehow governments get involved and stop us from doing it. In which case, I will be very, very upset, Mitch, because I like to think that we've done a pretty good job for the most part, especially in the West in Canada with yep. controlling numbers, et cetera. Yeah, there's little spikes here and there and there have been, you know, the odd rotten apple letting things get away on them on them and for and spoiling it for people but for the most part we've done pretty well so I, i'd yeah. be upset if we didn't get started so i'm really looking forward now to january the 8th to be sure this is a very optimistic date for the whl yeah. this is the most clarity and most certainty that we've had on a date yeah. this entire off season it's a hard date it's happening this is happening january 8th there are a lot of Questions that need to be answered yeah. until we actually drop the puck in terms of fans and the capacity that buildings will be allowed. We're currently working right now with, with Sask Health Authorities as well as the Sask Health Center to develop a plan, a seating plan that will allow fans to come in and not only watch hockey but also feel safe and not at risk of contracting any sort of a virus, whether it be corona or whether it be right. any other, other flu viruses, yeah. anything like that. Exactly. So, yeah. Mitch, we were talking after this announcement was made mm-hmm. on Wednesday by the Western Hockey League. And before the commissioner of the league, Ron Robison, has a chance to address this and talk to the media about it on Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, that might be something worth checking the WHL website about. The fact that we've got now the idea that it's going to be Play within the division only. Mm-hmm. There's four divisions. Yeah. There's the five-team U.S., as always. The five-team B.C., as always. But there's going to be a five-team Central or Alberta division. That's right. And then a seven-team East division with Swift Current coming out of the Central division and rejoining the East along with the other four Saskatchewan teams and the two Manitoba teams. And before you start going, wait a minute, you're crossing borders. How come other people? You know what? I'd like to think that there's a pretty good chance that this gets approved because these are the two provinces that have actually done pretty well That's so correct. far. So don't worry about it. I, I, I would say that this is something that, you know, a seven-team division, hey, it, it makes for some interesting hockey and it creates even more rivalry situations. It's kind of tough not having Swift Current around as much in the last season as we've seen in the past because of mm-hmm. the realignment of the Western Hockey League's divisions. It's going to be a very competitive division. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of games against the Prince Albert Raiders, a lot of games against Regina. Yeah. And we'll have lots of opportunity as we get closer yeah. to January, to uh, January, yeah, January the 8th. Yes. To disc- I got to get my head wrapped around <laughs> that date. Yeah. January the 8th. <laughs> we get closer to January 8th, we'll be able to really knuckle down and, and get a better feel for what the teams are going to look like and who's going to be strong mm-hmm. and who's, you know, might be a little bit lagging and where some of the great rivalries are going to be. I mean, yeah, Blades and PA, without a doubt, there's going to be a great rivalry. Yeah. I mean, those guys to the north have got themselves a pretty strong group and will continue to have a strong group under the leadership of Curtis Hunt and uh, and Mark Hapscheid. But what the Blades are putting together with Colin Priestner, Steve Hildebrand, and of course the coaching staff led by Mitch Love and mm-hmm. Ryan Marsh, Ryan Keller. Uh, it should be a, a, a squad that is able to put up with whatever PA or Regina or Moose Jaw or Winnipeg or Brandon or Swift Current throws at us. Now there is obviously a lot of uncertainty as to whether fans will be back in attendance, and I know that there are a lot of questions. I briefly talked about this already. Yeah. But... Rest assured, especially to Saskatoon Blades fans, we are working diligently yep. with the Sastel Center and health authorities to develop a plan to get you in our building watching our games. Part of the process with us trying to get fans back into attendance, if you're a season ticket member of the Blades, 
check your email. You may yeah. have already seen it at the Blades Insider. We've got a survey going right now asking a bunch of different questions just on how safe you would feel if you came in the building at 50% capacity, what type of safety precautions you would like to see in place, mm-hmm. a, a lot of different questions just to kind of help generate the buzz because we want to look on our look towards our season ticket members to figure out what they want. Yeah. What do you want? We will use that to our advantage. We will go to Sask Health and the Sask Health Center to try to develop a plan that not only involves the three of the three parties on our side, but of course our season ticket members. That's ultimately who we're trying to please here. You folks get to help drive the bus on yeah. this one, essentially. So again, January 8th, it's a hard start date for the 2020-2021 season. Almost more accurate to call it the 2021 season. I was going to say, <laughs> 2020, the last time there will have been a game played in 2020 will have been back on March 11th in Moose Jaw. Yeah. Um, and by the way, from the time that the last WHL game is played to the first game is played on January the 8th, 303 days will That's have passed. Right. It'll be the longest stretch without a Western Hockey League game ever in the 50-some-odd <sighs> years of the league. 303 days. Yep. That's a long off-season. That's a long off-season. <laughs> a lot of rest for the players to shake off. <laughs> well, they'll do it quickly, though, because they're all coming back right after the Christmas break. So That's I'd have right. to assume... And I'm just going to assume here that they'll be coming back into town on Boxing Day and you'll see them start practicing on the 27th and from the 27th of December right through until you're ready to go on January the 8th. Within two weeks, I mean, all these kids nowadays are looking after themselves. Mm-hmm. They're working out. Every every player from the Blades that we talk to that's active, we talk to them and they're working out. They're doing what they have to do. They're yes. on the ice. They're skating. They're making sure they're strengthening themselves. They're getting ready. Everybody is going to be working out and being in the best physical condition they can come into camp with. When camp gets started, they should be ready to go and make things happen pretty rapidly. That's right. Well, we mentioned it was a Thanksgiving long weekend. Yes. How was your long weekend? Uh, It was busy. Uh, Yeah. Busy doing stuff on Saturday uh, with regards to the upcoming civic election. And Mm -hmm. then Sunday, I went out to... Uh, of dinner, a Thanksgiving dinner at Friends Place, which was nice. Uh, yep. Thank you to them for inviting my wife and I along. And then Monday, it was jump in a vehicle and head out to Maidstone and <sighs> back to haul a couch and chair back to our place that we are getting from a friend of ours. Manual so, labor. Manual labor. Working off it, all the does that. calories. We, we, we do yeah. that every once in a while. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. So you, you almost gave me a call. You were almost you were almost conscripted to help because <laughs> uh, there's no way I'm going to do this yeah. on my own. I mean, yes, I'm yeah. big and strong and smell isn't everything, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I couldn't have done the, you know, the. There were stairs involved. Oh, okay. So bring dragging the furniture up the stairs plus stairs yeah. equals potential disaster oh, for someone for a single yeah. for a single person trying to do yeah. it. Not yeah. a chance. Yeah. It, it was a two person job, and in maybe some instances it should have been a three person job. Yeah. Once you got up to the top of the stairs and started maneuvering around, you know, some narrow uh, alleyways in order yeah. to get it out the door to the vehicle. So. Yeah. Yeah, we got it done, though. Got and, it done. Uh, Safe we're, and we're sound. Happy. Safe and sound. You're not in a hospital bed. No visible injuries, so good. everything's good. Back's feeling good? Yeah, oh, yeah, no problem. Excellent. Yeah. You? Well, yeah. Uh, what me, was your Thanksgiving like? Me, it was fairly low-key. And basically, I've mentioned this a few times on the pod. My family lives just north of Calgary, yes. a small town Sundry. Outside of Sundry, just on a, mm-hmm. a beautiful little acreage. And I'm hoping to make it out there at some point in the coming weeks. Maybe even this weekend. I might, you know, just take a, you know, take a trip out there and spend a couple of days out there with the family. I got a... Uh, my youngest brother, Mac, he turned 21 uh, back on October 5th. We still haven't really celebrated. My mom mm-hmm. is such a family person and wants all of her boys together mm-hmm. for the big celebration. So planning on making my trip back home at some point later this month when it mm-hmm. happens, I guess we'll see. But I know that when it does happen, mom is going to be feeding me full of, full of turkey dinner and we'll celebrate Mac's birthday the right way. All of the boys? Just two of you? or There's how many? three. There's, There's three. three. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mac? Matt and Mitch. Nice. Don't even get me started with the number of times I have not been called Mitch. <laughs> That's okay. That yeah. happens all over the place. I never know uh, who. <laughs> Mom will give me a phone call. Hey, Matt. What? Oh, Mitch. What? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we're off and running. My sister will run through the entire house when we're visiting before she finally gets to me. Yeah. 
She'll even call my. She'll even call me by my niece's name yeah. <laughs> before she actually gets to my name. So that's that's not unusual. Gotta love family. Yeah. That's so that's Thanksgiving no. long weekend. Yeah. So a lot of folks are done with that. They don't want to cook anymore. And if you don't want to cook anymore, here's your option. One of the options you can do. Yeah. How about dial up VP Restaurant and Bar at fourteen oh three Idlewild Drive? They are a sponsor of the Blades Uncut podcast, and they will treat you well, feed you well, and look after you post. Thanksgiving. Give them a try. VP Restaurant and Bar. We'd mentioned, obviously, my youngest brother's birthday was back on October 5th. I want to give a special happy birthday shout out to Riker, his father, uh, writing in uh, through the form on our Blades, on, uh, on the Saskatoon Blades website. Just basically saying great work, Mitch, and Les as well. Uh, he's asking for a winner, winner chicken dinner for his son, Riker, who turned five on the 13th. Ryan, you're a beauty. I've known you for a while, you and your wife, and of course your dad, and uh, great folks uh, that have been Blades fans for a long time. So I can't refuse you, Ryan and Riker. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right. There it is. There you go. Yeah. Happy birthday, Riker. You know, I prepared for that, but I still wasn't ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't know exactly when I was going to do it. I mean, I could have done it. I know. Just at any time. Winner, winner, okay, chicken dinner. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> Get the sirens going. Yeah. All right. It has been a very busy week in the National Hockey League. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had a full NHL draft recap in our episode from last week. Yep. A lot of stuff going on there. The day after was Friday. Yes. AKA free agency day, and yeah. there were two former Blades ready to sign new contracts. Yes, they were. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, our guest, we'll talk yeah. with him in a short time, yeah. Braden Holtby, uh, former Saskatoon Blade, uh, became a former Washington Capitol uh, on Friday uh, mm-hmm. when he signed a two year, $8.6 million contract with the Vancouver Canucks, uh, leaving the Capitals, for whom he had played his entire National Hockey League season uh, career, I should say, 10 seasons worth between 2010 and 2020. And then, of course, Anton Kudobin, who starred with the Dallas Stars, yeah. uh, pun intended. Uh, he really did star on behalf he of the really Stars did, yeah. in the postseason and the return to play, uh, getting them all the way to the cup final before succumbing in six games to the eventual champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anton decides, I'm going to stay in Dallas. I'm not going anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a terrible... I, <laughs> ironically enough, he... Be, he made a name for himself saying he's not going home. Well, That's he right. is actually he home is right home. now. He's yeah. back home in Russia. He, yeah. he flew out earlier this week, so good for him. But it's a three-year, $10 million deal with yep. the Stars for him. Hope he's signing a two-year, $8.6 million deal with the Vancouver Canucks. And in some ways, this ties in the Calgary Flames too. Jacob Markstrom signing with the right. Flames, yep. which opened up that ability for Hopi to sign with a Canadian team. Yes. His first Canadian NHL team and first team that he will be playing with north of the border since his days in Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. Trivia question time. Yes. How about? Okay? Sure. Now, we mentioned last week, obviously, NHL draft recap. It was a very busy week of coverage uh, for the Blades Uncut podcast. We had Nelson Noger on, a former Blade, and uh, we obviously discussed how he was traded to Red Deer along with Austin Adamson midway through his junior hockey career. In return... The Blades received two draft picks along with this player. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the answer to this. Well, the answer is Mason McCarty, who started his WHL career with the uh, Red Deer Rebels, got traded to the Blades, uh, and then in this in this deal that we're talking about, then went back as a 20-year-old, uh, back to Red Deer. And uh, Mason was a, was a real crackerjack of a kid, had a real good character, good sense of humor, uh, always smiling, always having fun. Uh, big-time goal scorer and, uh, and just an overall good kid. And uh, Mason McCarty was indeed what the Blades got back in the Nelson Noje trade and lasted in Saskatoon for, what, a season and a half? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, he, was, he was a good player for the Blades for his time Absolutely. Here. Yeah, made a name out of himself as well. We had a yes, few uh, correct answer submissions. And, you know, in the spirit of it being Thanksgiving and uh, birthdays kind of seem to be the theme of this episode... Let's go right ahead and congratulate Ryan Maryshack for correctly ah. answering Mason McCarty. Very nice. And he went into a little bit of detail as well in, in his answer, just uh, saying that he was traded to the Blades and he returned to Red Deer as a 20-year-old. So congratulations, Ryan. I'll be in touch over the next uh, couple of days or so uh, to work on getting you a $25 gift card to the Frozen, Frozen Pond. And uh, we'll have a new uh, trivia question coming up here in about a half hour's time after our chat with Braden Holt. 
which we're ready for yes. now, I believe. Let's do or let's take her away. All right, Mitch. So many times I get asked over the course of my 26 seasons of doing Blades play-by-play, if you had to pick an all-star team of Blades, yeah. who would be on it? Well, <laughs> I can tell you without fear of contradiction that our guest is my unanimous choice as first-team goaltender. Wow. No two yep. ways about it. Yep. From the time he joined the team and played one game as a 16-year-old in January of 2006 mm-hmm. to the time he was done with the team, and even though it wasn't the most successful time in his career as a member of the Blades for the Saskatoon franchise, this guy was the reason why the Blades were in as many games as they were and won as many games as they did, in my humble opinion, hmm. during that time frame. And of course, I'm talking about a guy who's not only a great Saskatoon blade, but a guy who's won a Stanley Cup, a Vezina Trophy. Yep. Uh, you know, what else has he won? He's won the hearts of people in Washington. <laughs> the list goes on. And now he's going to win the hearts of people in Vancouver. Of course, yep. I'm talking about Marshall Saskatchewan's own Braden Holtby, who joins us on the phone back in Saskatchewan in an off-season that is strange. It's the middle of October, and it's the off-season. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it, Braden? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. How's that for an intro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I, I, I can write that up and send it off to you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> that was totally, that, that's totally off the top of my head, because that's the way they are the best. You know, these intros the keep getting better and better, while our guests also keep getting better and well, better, and too. I, and, I haven't, and I haven't had any booze to drink, either. I mean, that's the th- cute, cute thing about it, is wow. that I can do this, you know, sober, stone-cold sober. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Might have to get some Mo16s <laughs> in here and just see what you're capable of. Oh, then it gets yeah. really good, let me tell you, at that point. Uh, well, thanks a lot for coming on, Braden. <laughs> really appreciate it. But uh, yeah, you're uh, you're back home. Uh, you're back just north of Lloydminster, hey? Yeah, it's been been nice. I haven't been home uh, this time of year in 16 years. So uh, it was good. Got to partake in harvest a bit and kind of uh, see see back home in a different, uh, different time of year um, than usual. So it's been really good. You played from 2006 through 2009 with the Blades. It's 2020. We know that you've done what you've done in the National Hockey League, and congratulations mm-hmm. on all that you have accomplished in the National Hockey League, including just signing with the Vancouver Canucks. But for the benefit of fans who remember you here, just give us a quick snapshot of what home life, personal life of Braden Holtby is like right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh, obviously a little different. Um, got two, uh, two young kids, eight and six, so we're going through uh, schooling and everything. Um, the distance schooling because we uh, took forever to find out where we're going to live next year, and it's just been it's been good. It's always always nice to come home and see friends and family and and uh, get back to your roots a bit. Okay, so you found out it's Vancouver. I got to ask you, what was it about the Vancouver Canucks that made you say, "Yeah, let's go there"? Yeah, obviously there was uh, it's a, it was an experience I'd never been through before with free agency, and um, we kind of narrowed our list as a. Uh, as a family, and you know, I wanted to go somewhere where I thought the team had a really good chance to win, and I think Vancouver definitely has that. They've got a really, uh, really good mix of different pieces, and we wanted uh, to be a little closer to home and somewhere where it's a, a nice, nice place to live, especially for my wife and and kids. Um, and Vancouver is just, uh, um, you know, one of those places that it's, you don't hear too many bad things about. Mm. So um, we're really excited to to move there. When did you know, Braden, that it was going to be a move for you uh, at, at some point during the course of this past season, or was it after the season was done mm-hmm. that you knew for sure that this was the end with Washington and we're going to be going somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of knew all year, mm-hmm. um, just based on the fact that there wasn't, uh, you know, we talked at the beginning of the year a bit, um, and Mac, uh, our GM there, was very honest with, with the situation going up, and and um, you know it didn't change throughout the year, so it was uh, it was tough that way. Um, obviously, something I'd never experienced before. I've been, on, you know, uh, two uh, two organizations my whole life with uh, the mm-hmm. Blades and, and the Capitals, so it was uh, um, you know a lot of different uh, emotions through the year, and um, just happy it's it's over with and can move on now. Braden, you're closing one chapter with Washington now. Obviously, you're opening up a new chapter north of the border, back on Canadian soil in Vancouver. Has it fully sunk in yet that you're a Canuck? Um, I mean, it probably won't until we actually get there and meet the guys and, yeah. and start to 
to bond that way. But um, I think we've had plenty of time as a, as, you know, as a family and myself to to realize it's going to be a different uh, different team next year and different mm. different place where we're going to live and call home. So it's a, um, you know, I think that part has, has sunk in that that we're moving on. But to be a, a part of the team, I think it's going to take uh, uh, getting there and, and getting situated with the with the guys. Yeah. To say that you created a legacy of sorts in Washington is, is an understatement. I mean, all, all you have to do is look on Twitter today yeah. and see the Tom Wilson tribute video yeah. to you. I mean, sorry, I'm not crying. You are sort of a thing, right? <laughs> I mean, that was great. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, one of the things is it's about the people that you, you, uh, you meet along the way, especially um, when you're in a place for that long, you, you get to have, uh, you know, you grow a lot of really good friendships and, and, um, you know, obviously Tom and I have been together since the start of his career. So, um, you know, those guys, that's, that's, uh, that's the toughest part is knowing you're not going to see those guys every day and people you meet, you know, away from the rink and, you know, organizationally with staff and, and everything. That's, uh, it's tough. Um, you know, it's, uh, but that's part of the business. That's mm-hmm. the way life is. Mm-hmm. You just, uh, work hard to keep those relationships, even though they're a little longer distance. You know, and speaking of friendships too, Nate Schmidt also freshly signed to Vancouver. You got to be pretty happy about that. Yeah, I can't wait. I, yeah. I was uh, obviously a lot of mixed emotions for him, I'm sure, but I was uh, sure excited. Uh, two ex teammates that are there, and not mm-hmm. only just ex teammates, two really good friends. So that's uh, um, hopefully make the transition easier for for Nate and I to um, to be a part of the Canucks. Yeah, have you been in touch with Nate or or Jay Beagle since it's become more? well known that you're a, a Canuck? Yeah, I talked to both of them there, obviously. Um, obviously, Jay is, we're real excited because we played a, t- a long time together, right, from yeah. my first year in the minors until they moved. And then, obviously, with Nate, it's a little different year. Um, with a trade, it's a little more shocking. There's a lot more um, emotions going into that. But uh, So I tried to, to keep my excitement to a, a minimum so far until it all sinks in for him. Mm-hmm. Braden, there had been whispers that you wanted to be closer to home when you signed this contract, and as a result, a lot of people thought it was going to be Edmonton or Calgary where you'd sign. It's Vancouver. It's still Western Canada. It's still close to home, obviously, in terms of the relative National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there any thought about places like an Edmonton or a Calgary, or was it Vancouver all along? I think Vancouver was was definitely um, high on the list in terms of um, you know, especially Canadian teams. I think um, we had considered Calgary quite a, quite a bit. We had, when, weren't sure what they were doing. It was kind of, um, you know, both those teams were, were teams that I thought of. Um, you know, you had a chance, a few pieces to to become a really good team. And I think Vancouver was definitely on the top um, for me in terms of hockey. So um, it definitely was, uh, uh, you know, you know, any of those teams, it would have been uh, great, but I think mm-hmm. Vancouver works out best for us. Yeah, The Capitals were in the bubble in Toronto for the return to play, Braden, and uh, the Canucks were, of course, in Edmonton for the return to play. I don't know how much of your their games you got a chance to watch in off time while you were in Toronto, but you see a young kid like Thatcher Demko, who's a, a goaltender who got some prominent playing time near the end of the Canucks playoff run, and there's a lot of talk about you being able to guide him along a little bit, kind of like you were asked to do with Ilya Samsonov mm-hmm. in Washington. And I'm sure those are things that you understand because that happened with you when you first came into the National Hockey League, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I kind of said before that the, with the the sea or the the season we're gonna have next year and probably the year after, it's gonna be extremely condensed. The schedule, mm-hmm. um, and you gotta have you gotta have two goalies now more than ever that can yeah. can win you hockey games. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that. Obviously, Thatcher's a pretty young kid, um, hasn't played a ton in the league yet. So, um, hopefully, my you know experience and stuff can help him in in different ways, and and we can become a really good tandem and win a lot of games. Have you been in touch with Thatcher or any other members of the Canucks that you haven't played with before, Braden? Yeah, you know, we um, kind of introduced ourselves over text with, yeah. with Thatcher, and um, a lot of the other guys reached out and just said welcome to the team stuff, which was uh, pretty cool, pretty nice. I think of from you know talking to Jay and just hearing things, it sounds like they have a really, really good uh, group of guys. So I'm mm-hmm. um, really excited about that. Brayden, let's jog your memory and go back to the Saskatoon Blades days. 
And let's talk about game number one that you ever played as a member of the Blaze because I remember it tremendously well, and I'm sure you do as well. It was a one-game call-up just before the trade deadline in January of 2006. You play the Calgary Hitman, and you make something like 48 or 49 saves in a 4-3 loss. But at that point in time, you gave Lorne Mulliken a little bit of a nudge into what he's going to have to do as far as his team the next year. What do you remember about that particular game, that particular day, and getting ready to play in your Western Hockey League debut? Yeah, it seems like a long time ago now, but um, I was just excited. I had all along since I was a kid. Obviously, my dad had played for Saskatoon, so that was kind of one of my my lifelong, you know, dreams. At that point, was to play for the Blades. So I that opportunity it was pretty pretty exciting because uh, um, at that time, I mean, those those games mean a lot when you're a young kid. Um, to, you don't get too many op- or opportunities to uh, to prove yourself, especially as a, a late round pick or anything like that. So um, I think that was uh, one of the reasons why Lauren, you know, had some confidence in me to to roll with me the next year. You were drafted to the Blades, Braden. Do you remember that process and how that all transpired and leading up to your first training camp when you were stepping on the ice with the rest of the Blades? Oh, yeah. I mean, back then you put so much emphasis on that stuff, um, which you you wish you you didn't, uh, you know, when you – in hindsight, but I remember I was in school and the teachers let us watch the draft online. So, um, obviously it went quite a while and then I, I was picked. I was just, a, I couldn't believe it when it was Saskatoon. It was pretty, um, pretty cool. I definitely remember, uh, you know, that day very well. And then first training camp, um, just being there, I was nervous. I was a very shy kid. So I was just, uh, I was excited to play some hockey, but, um, definitely nervous at the same time were there any players back then that you sort of leaned on for some guidance anything like that um i mean there's a, a group of us that were kind of the same age that came up together i think mm-hmm. uh, myself colton gillies and, and ryan funk we mm-hmm. we were kind of uh um stuck together that way uh kind of the same age and coming up the same same time so um yeah i mean that's a uh, a long time ago, but it was a, a great group, and it's one of those you, you hope someday you get back, and it's you know, after you're tired to do a uh, alumni thing and see those guys again. Do you stick? Do you get a chance to still talk to any of the guys from those Blades teams mm-hmm. th- even now today? Yeah, I mean, not not as much as I'd, I'd like to. Um, myself and Derek Kulak kind of keep in touch mm-hmm. once in a while. I've seen them yeah. uh, uh, cross paths with them a few times, which is pretty pretty fluky when he's in. Uh, Winnipeg, and he was playing Utica. He was in Toronto playing before one of our games, so that was uh, that was kind of cool. But yeah, it's uh, you know not as not as good as you, you go through the years. You meet uh, a lot more people every every year, so it's a one of those things. You just you know, I'm excited to reconnect with them at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what sticks out about being with the Blades for the time you were there? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Is uh, yeah. I had a unbelievable um billet family which was probably helped me more than anything through all that um who were they you know, lauren was oh yeah um karen and ian bellier okay and yeah they were uh you know basically second family to me now mm-hmm. so it's uh it, that and lauren was always extremely good to me pushed me hard and and um you know, always wanted better so i was uh, you couldn't ask for more in a, in a junior coach and then uh, you know the guys were outstanding uh the city is beautiful and then um, you know, started my kind of relationship with John Stevenson there too. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of things, um, I'm thankful for there. Holtz in 2008, you were drafted by the Washington Capitals. You went in the fourth round, 93rd overall. You were coming off another strong season with the blades. You played 64 games for Saskatoon that draft year leading up to the draft. Do you remember what that was like to be drafted to the Capitals? Yeah, it was it was a nerve wracking day. Obviously, it's like any any of those. Like I said before, you put way too much emphasis on it than than you should. Um, but yeah, I remember I didn't know much about the Capitals or or anything. I didn't even really know they were interested then. Hmm. Um, you know, it's, so it's uh, one of those things. I, I knew they had some young goalies that they just drafted, so I knew I had to um, to put in some work in order to, to you know earn a spot on the team at some point. Yeah. But 
um, yeah, I remember that day. It was, it was it was fun. We went to the draft, and my grandparents were there, some family friends. So it was a it was a special day in the end. You were born September the sixteenth. That's one day after the cutoff for being drafted. Say after your seventeen year old season, or after your first year with the Blades. In retrospect, I'd have to think that it was probably a good thing for you to be able to have had a second season in the Western Hockey League with the Blades before you actually were eligible for the draft the first time. Yeah, I mean, it worked out well that, you know, if it wasn't that, I'm sure Capitals probably wouldn't have taken me. So it was, uh, um, you know, who knows if that's it's a good or bad thing in the end. I think any time you can um, have an extra year at that age, uh, the team getting you knows a little bit more about you. Um, a little quicker, you know, as much waiting around and, and that kind of thing uh, with that extra year. Uh, so it's, you know, I think it's probably a better year for guys to get drafted in for the later rounds, for sure. Have you got a good, funny Lauren Mulliken story for us? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know actually. That uh, too, not too many funny at the time because he was, <laughs> you know, when you're young, you're you're pretty intimidated by him. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I, I remember one day, I think we were in Tri Cities, and he had the first shot and goal. I landed in, and he pulled me. <laughs> if you <laughs> had, goal and I was. If you I hadn't was mad sorry. and I didn't know what, and he just said you, you know, kind of had to talk to me about what, you know, what preparation is like, and he didn't think I was doing that correct, and if, you know, in the end, it made you stronger. If you hadn't have brought it up, I might have brought it up. I was, I was sort of <laughs> wondering whether I should or not, but you brought it up because it, it's, it floored me when it happened. I'm, I'm sitting up in the booth in Tri Cities, and I'm going. What the heck is going on here? Which is obviously what you would have been thinking as well. All of a sudden, here's Garrett Zemlak skating towards you. Yeah, I remember being real confused. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh yeah. Oh well, that's Lauren Mulliken for that's you. He's right. not going to take any chances. He no. wants to teach lessons when he can. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at the roster of the 2010. Washington Capitals, who's obviously, you know, Jay Beagle, like we had already mentioned. Uh, Alex Ovechkin was the captain that year. What was it like as a rookie to try to leave your footprint in the Capitals organization? Simeon Varlamov was also a goaltender. Michael Neuverth. So there were some other prominent names that you were also kind of jostling for position with. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, back then, I don't think I thought much of it. I just went and try to play and play hard and I think I may have had a bit more of a, a temper back then and, and that kind of thing so it was, uh, I just tried to, to be myself I remember I was in training camp the one time or summer camp and um, Bruce Boudreaux was the coach there and mm-hmm. um, it was actually Evgeny Kuznetsov he scored a goal or something and then he was taunting uh, me and my defenseman right after and I came across and slashed him and I thought I was done for the organization after that. And I got called into Bruce's office and he looks at me and he just says, I love it. We need more of that. Don't change. So after that, I just tried to be myself and, and not worry about what everyone you know, thought. Just try to compete and, and try to win. So that was kind of like the turning point for you as far as being the guy that became the man between the pipes for the Capitals then was just something innocuous like that and all of a sudden boom away you go you take off and away you go and have a great great time and great career in washington yeah i think it was just one of those times where you're you're so nervous as a kid coming in there that you don't want to do anything wrong and i think it realized that you know it's uh you're there for a reason um by being your you know who you are and i think uh, i wasn't as scared to, to be myself after that and mm-hmm. and um you know, try and, you know, lead on the ice by example and and um, not, you know, worry too much about the other stuff. How often do you wear your Stanley Cup ring? I've never I've never worn it. No? Okay, that's interesting. Uh, tell me, where does the Vezina Trophy rank for you? Because that's mm-hmm. obviously a great individual accomplishment, but something that you share with your teammates almost as good as winning a Stanley Cup, I'd have to think. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously one of those those goals you have especially you know when you're young and growing up I think that's uh, one of those dreams you have but it was more important the season we had that year Um, as a team I think I I won that award based on the amount we won as a team and I think that that was pretty cool that's uh, you know that was a really fun year Uh, that year and the year after we had 
such a, such good teams, teams that got to get or got along extremely well. And um, so I think it's more the, the memory of that year uh, as a whole that's, that's pretty special. Holtz, I don't think we'd be doing our job if we didn't ask about the Stanley Cup championship back in 2018 <laughs> and try to get into some of the details of the celebration and that sort of thing. But you go back to that game. What stands out to you the most when you think back to winning the Stanley Cup? Yeah, oh, that's there's a lot. I mean, that, the yeah. game we won, I think it was uh, probably one of the hardest games. You know, myself and a lot of guys on my team had played um, just with the, the the pressure you bring all your family and friends into mm-hmm. a game in, in an away city. And you know, if you lose, you go back, you have to deal with all that. And it's, uh, uh, I don't know, it was just the, it, it was hard to, to keep that focus on, uh, on that. I think, uh, we pulled together. I don't think it was our prettiest game ever, but it, it worked out and you know, the stars kind of aligned that way. Um, but I remember just after, it was just uh, you're just so exhausted. Um, you know, celebration right after on the ice. I think you're you're running on absolute fumes. Uh, so it's a, uh, I guess you you don't realize that until you until you win. I remember a couple of days after, just um, me and a couple of teammates were just saying how how sore and exhausted we felt. We didn't really realize it when we're playing because you have that adrenaline going all the time. Um, but once it's down, you, you realize how hard it is to win that. But you're in Las mm-hmm. Vegas when you win. Mm-hmm. So I would think that there's a chance that that adrenaline might come back a little bit because you'd be almost like kids in a candy store with a chance to celebrate in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, it was fun <laughs> that way. Uh, pretty good city to win it in. Yeah, um, but, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of friends and family there thankfully have made it um a lot more special but uh to be honest that night after we had a lot of fun but it was uh like i said running on absolute fumes so it's it's it wasn't as uh as glorious as everyone i guess uh would expect what's the atmosphere like during a stanley cup final yeah i mean it's pretty amazing yeah. our, our rink was was outstanding the people outside and um vegas obviously if you've ever talk to someone or been to a game there it's it's about as loud as it can get with their with their uh show they put on so it's um you know the energy is incredible mm-hmm. uh you know i don't think you experience anything like that this is something i missed unfortunately in 2018 because work around here kind of made me glued to this building where we're mm-hmm. recording this at but mm-hmm. your day with the stanley cup back in the summer of 2018 what did you do that day yeah, we we came uh, brought it back to to Marshall. Um, we had a family farm for a bit, and um, you know the, the town I had grown up playing in, Lashburn. We did kind of a uh, meet and greet type thing there, which uh, was pretty cool. It was pretty amazing. Um, you know, there's too many people, unfortunately, to to get through everyone, which was um, you know pretty special that way. And then we brought it back to our place out at Sandy Beach, um, North Lloyd, and just. You know, close family and friends um, had a really good time with it then. And uh, we were actually lucky. Usually you only get it for one day, and we actually got it for the night before. So the mm. uh, night before, we just had it around the campfire, you know, playing some guitar and, and just uh, really relaxed. And it was pretty cool. You see some videos of, you know, players obviously drinking out of the Stanley Cup, sleeping with the Stanley Cup. Did you do anything special and unique in your time with it? Uh uh, not too crazy. No. <laughs> one of my, my sister's miniature ponies ate some oats out of it. But, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's it, uh, typical like kids eating ice cream and then just um, everyone had a drink out of it. It was pretty, pretty standard. <laughs> How about the celebration back in Washington? You obviously celebrate in Vegas the way you would expect to celebrate in Vegas. What was the reception like back in Washington when you brought the cup back to that city? Yeah, it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the cup parade down Constitution. If you're uh, if you're not too familiar with with Washington Constitution, goes right by all the monuments, right by the White House, mm-hmm. right all the way to the Capitol building. So it's kind of the main the main drag there. So um, that was pretty pretty amazing. Just seeing mm-hmm. that uh, closed off and all the people out there. It was uh, really cool. We went to a Nationals game and had a lot of fun there. Um, I think it was uh, it was really fun, but you know, by the end, everyone was just so so tired that um, we needed a couple of days of recovery. 
I know just by following the celebration on social media, watching on Twitter, videos that were popping up every hour, it seemed, of where the celebration was taking place. Where was your favorite place to celebrate? Oh, um, I don't know. I think, uh, um, obviously, I think everyone's seen the, the fountain videos and stuff of us swimming in that. So that was, yeah. um, I think that was fun. That was, uh, one of those moments. I mean, it's just, it was pretty spontaneous. A few of us just kind of went in there. It was scorching hot in DC and, um, you know, we just felt like we, we could do whatever. And, <laughs> um, all, all the fans just kind of jumped into it was like a scene out of a movie. It was, it was, uh, um, so stupid. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you had to ballpark the number of drinks that Alex Ovechkin had, <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, uh, that's a lot of Bud Lights. <laughs> that's a lot of Bud Lights. Yes, indeed. Can we go to fan submitted questions? Sure. I guess? Yes. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. There's one from, from off of Instagram, Braden. Somebody wants to know what number are you going to wear with Vancouver? Because everybody knows about the number seventy in Washington and the fact that it was, you know, something that was essentially given to you, mm-hmm. and you thought, oh, kind of indicated where they thought of you as far as your chances at the time, and you sort of stuck with it and showed that a seventy can make it happen and mm-hmm. work for a number one goaltender. Are you going to change come uh, Vancouver? Yeah, was, I'm going to have to change. We're still kind of pondering it, um, kind of leaving it up to my kids and mm. and my wife and. Hmm. to come up with something because I'm not really too tied to any any sort of number. But um, hopefully we'll come up with some fun, uh, something kind of unique and um, have some sort of a, a reason behind it, I guess, this time. Good, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Justin Vote on Instagram is wondering what it's like to play with Alexander Ovechkin, and is it just as fun as it is to celebrate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, um, no, it's, it's different, obviously. He's uh, yeah. um, the best goal scorer in, in history probably um uh but he's a very unique unique hockey player and unique person so it's uh um you know it's it's been good it's been one of those experiences where um it's not uh not your typical i guess uh experience playing with a, a star player so mm-hmm. um we've definitely had a run-ins over the years but uh we've uh um i think both uh appreciate just the the passion and, and everything that, you know, he brings. He's, I think he, um, you know, one thing you can say about Alex is he's definitely, uh, he's not scared to be himself. So um, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, always something to learn from. Braden Landon Wayne wants to know if you have any pregame rituals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a long list. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, I've kind of developed that. You know, through the years, um, it's not as uh, intensive through the through the daytime or anything. Um, it's more just before the game. It's um, getting your body and your mind, um, your eyesight ready. Uh, you play so many games, you got to find a way to to create that rhythm um, over and over again. So I think a, a routine is is necessary. Um, you just have to to watch that it doesn't control you, and um, you kind of play with it all the time. It's just one of those things that. Um, it's never perfect, but you, you know, try to keep working at it. There was one thing I saw you do as a member of the Blades about 150 times when you played for Saskatoon, where you would come onto the ice and the mask would be sitting on top of your head and you'd kind of give your head a shake and the mask would flip down over top of your face and you'd be ready to go to hit the ice. Do you still do that sort of a thing? Yeah, I still do that. Um, I think that's something I got a little bit from my dad, I guess, when he, when he used to play, he used to... You know, I think it was around that time he'd always just kind of said that he'd take a deep breath right before he'd get on to just kind of clear everything and just, you know, say it's time to go. And I think that's kind of where I got that from, is just every time you step on the ice, take a deep breath and get on there and it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Would Father Greg be your biggest idol and or mentor growing up, would you say, as a goaltender? Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't even be close. I think he, I mean, growing up in a small town, he was our coach until... I was probably 13 or so. Yeah. Um, my only coach, and um, you know the reason I was a, a goalie and, and everything. I think he, you know, growing up especially, and I think in, in Canada more so, um, there's so much pressure around hockey as a kid. Uh, a lot of pressure put on by your parents and 
and I absolutely never had that. I think every time we talked hockey, it was about um, something uh, mental or or along those lines of just you know those little tips. It was never uh, um, about a bad game or a good game. It was um, just finding ways to get better. And I think that's uh, uh, what he taught me when I was young, and and um, definitely my was my biggest idol back then and, and most influential. Braden, one last question here. This one comes from Ron Fitch through Instagram, and I think it's a question that a lot of Blades fans are wondering here in Saskatoon. He's wondering when you'll be back in Saskatoon. He'd love to get his game-worn jersey signed one day. Yeah, hopefully at some point. I mean, yeah. obviously schedules over overlap. Um, it's always uh, uh, tough to get any games or anything or, or to get to the, the rink again. Um mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm getting up there in, in hockey years, so I'm sure it's not too far, uh, you know, in the future where you have a little bit more time that way. Um, uh, hopefully not too soon, uh, but <laughs> years to come, uh, yeah. you know, once, uh, I retire or anything, I think Saskatoon's definitely one of those stops that I'd like to spend some more time. Mm-hmm. Braden Holtby, you are a good man. I would like to think that I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people who are from Saskatoon, who are Blades fans, when I say that we are thrilled to pieces for the success that you have had, not just as a Blade, but throughout your National Hockey League career, winning a Stanley Cup, being an All-Star, winning a World Championship, uh, so on and so forth, Vezina Trophy winner. We're thrilled to pieces and proud as all heck of you and be able to call you a Saskatoon Blade and for myself to be able to say that I remember when you played that uh, just... You know, outstanding. Uh, I'm thrilled that you were able to give us some time here on the Blades Uncut podcast, and we wish you all the best moving forward, you and your family, when you start your play in Vancouver, whenever this next season gets started. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Very, very kind of you. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks a lot. We might just have to have you on again sometime. Maybe with Dad. Yeah. All right. That, that would be fun. <laughs> all right, Braden. Take care, yeah, okay? Thanks a lot for the time. All right. So there's Braden Holtby. Uh, again, as I was saying earlier, Mitch, this is a guy who, when people ask for an all-star team of Blades from my time calling the play-by-play, yeah. he is my go-to, number one, first-team all-star goaltender. No two ways about that as a member yeah, of the Blades. I agree wholeheartedly with what you have to say there, Les. He is leading the team out onto the ice for that All-Star game. Although I'll tell you what, there, there are some, though. There, there's a lot of go- – the Blades have been very fortunate. They've had a lot of great goaltenders over time, including yeah. a couple on the team Absolutely, right now. yes. In Nolan Meyer, who's approaching some of Holtby's franchise records yeah. and may indeed get to and eclipse some of those this coming season if we ever get it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Cohen McInnes is there as a, as a goaltender who uh, is going to get some time in as well. But I think back and, uh, yeah, I mean, Andre, Andre Makarov, Makarov from, the, from yep. the team. Another uh, man we've already talked about, Steve, Anton Kudobin. Yeah, Anton, one season, but very well respected. Absolutely. Steven Stanford, who played mm-hmm. on a team that won 50-some-odd games. So, yeah, there's, there, there's, a, there's a lot of guys that have been very good goaltenders with the Saskatoon Blades. Ryan Sear is another one that comes to mind. Right off the top, go of my back head. to Trevor Robbins as well. Well, that's before my time now. <laughs> now you're now you're starting to now you're starting to get before my time. Oh, I, I know I've been doing this a long time. We don't want to go down that road. I know I've been doing this a long time, just not that long. So, <laughs> uh, our Blades Uncut podcast has always lots of sponsors. Thank you so much to them, including Tint Center of Saskatoon, Saskatoon's premier window film provider at tintcenter.ca. Or you can call them at six eight three three four five six Tint Center Saskatoon. All right, this week's trivia question has a Braden Holpe tie-in. Now, we know that Holpe was drafted by the Washington Capitals in the fourth round of the NHL draft. And we briefly mentioned how he was drafted to the Saskatoon Blades back Mm -hmm. in the early 2000s. The question is, what round did the Blades draft him in in that year? If you were listening closely to Holpe's interview, he said that it took a while before he heard his name. That's right. He is one of those, like we were talking about with Tristan Robbins last week, in the NHL draft uh, review, the fact that Robbins was drafted in a round earlier in the National Hockey League than he was in the Western Hockey League. And Braden Holtby falls into this category as well. Drafted later in the WHL than he was in the NHL. Yeah, that's right. Now, if you know the answer, if you're able to find the answer, head to the Saskatoon Blades website, scroll to the interactive tab, click on Blades Uncut Podcast, and fill out the form. 
This is a form not just for trivia question answers, but for anything like we had a, a birthday shout out earlier mm -hmm. uh, submitted by Ryan Mary Shack, also a trivia question winner from this week as well. Right. Um, any feedback that you want to uh, send, you know, me or less, uh, yeah, more than happy to do that there. Any uh, guest recommendations? Mm -hmm. I'm keeping pretty close tabs on uh, whatever form submissions we have. Uh, but yeah, the question, of course, what round did the Saskatoon Blades draft Braden Holtby in? And bonus points if you're able to tell me what number overall he was also drafted in. Find the form on Saskatoon Blades website, or you can also email it in to info at saskatoonblades.com or slide us a DM, as the kids say, through Facebook, Instagram, the kids say. Or Twitter. Yes. The kid, only the kids would say <laughs> Only the DM. kids would say that. <laughs> hey, you got to get into the Instagram game still. Yeah, no. Okay, why not? Not not happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to get myself into Twitter and Facebook for you heaven's know, sake. I put a lot of work into creating these graphics that you never see, Les. I know. I okay? understand that. Right? Although we've I do had see some you of them. on We've had you on the Instagram story a couple of times, too. Yes, I know I have been. I'm not even able to tag you. What if I wanted to do an Instagram Live with you, Les? I guess you're out of that's, luck. That's, that's a, it's a big <laughs> ask, I know. Like, that's a commitment for myself as it's well gonna as take, it's, it's gonna take a tutorial in order to get me onto that. Somebody's gonna actually have to sit down and teach me what to do, because it was tough enough to get me onto Twitter back in the day when I finally got on it. <laughs> now you're never off it. Now, no, yeah. now I don't seem to ever be I off know, the darn thing. It's so true. Well, you get so much information. Well, off if we sometimes. have any uh, any of our listeners who are willing to give less a tutorial in, on Instagram, yep. by all means. Yep. Let me know. <laughs> Find the form. Send me a <laughs> Submit D it in. Send me a DM. <laughs> Slide into Les Lazarus' DMs. Yes, that's exactly what you want to do. That's right. <laughs> All right, one last sponsor that I want to give a shout out to, Save On Foods. Let's Save On Foods do the shopping for you. Shop online today at saveonfoods.com. Obviously, a huge support of the Blades Uncut yes. podcast. We support them as well. Uh, this is obviously a, a time for harvest, so food is obviously on a lot of people's minds. Save On Foods is certainly the premier place to go and get all of your holiday shopping done. And obviously, numerous ways to check us out. Spotify through the Saskatoon Blades, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and of course, cjwwradio.com. A special thank you to Panky, our yep. producer as well. Good job, Panks. boy. Keeping the ship sailing. Yes. Every week. Yes. Just putting in the time. Yes. Saying, get the heck out of my studio. I I've know. got other things to do. Like, <laughs> this guy's putting in more manual labor than either of us combined. Well, that doesn't take much for me. <laughs> manual labor? Hey. I try to avoid that as best, as best I can. <laughs> That's right. Well, okay. Well, thanks a lot, Les, yes. as always. Really appreciate it. And thank you for tuning Mitch. in to all of, uh, all of, you know, I thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Yes. That is, that's what I'm trying to say. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Thursday. We will. Have a good one.